Westbrook trying to make moves right now. Hey, let's do it. Know who your friends are. Know what they can cover. And see what is possible. <laughs> You're not going to get what you don't ask for. That is true. And I wish... Okay, why am I very good at giving other people's advice when it comes to, like, negotiating? And yeah. then, like, I'm going through apartment hunting right now, and I'm like, hey, babe, the guy said it's a deal. We should take it. Yeah. yeah. I just don't like upsetting people. But in your situation, gotta you don't ask. You don't have any... Yeah, so you just, like, do it. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And that's how... The Dallas Cowboys were yesterday. Ooh. Just taking it to them. Took Let me it. take what I want. They dominated. Carson though. Wentz. Let me take what I want. Cowboys Eagles week is here, and I fucking hate myself. You hate it. Because this is exactly what I predicted three weeks ago. Really? They're going to bring us in. We bought the girl a drink. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We got her on the dance floor. That's right. And then here comes Dak doing his little hip, hip, steal my lady from me. Boyfriend comes in, and he's drinking the drink that you bought. Henny. Oh my God, that hurts. That's an expensive drink too. Right. That's not a cheap. That's not like one of those little regular regular drinks. It's a top shelf. We got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, David Ingber, producer Ingber, is down in Miami right now because the Super Bowl is in Miami. So he is scouting out where the location is going to be. Hmm? Uh, again, we're not going to be on Radio Row uh, mainly because Radio Row gives me anxiety, and I don't like it. Does it? I. It's why why, why does it give you anxiety though? Because. Number one, I feel like I'm being watched at all times. You are. Absolutely. Number two, I feel as though I cannot have real conversations with athletes because they just left WKRG mm-hmm. in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then right after me, they're going to WTTV, the sports station yeah. in uh, Aurora. And <laughs> it's like I got eight minutes. Their person's hanging over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And like I just end up hearing about what they're hawking and not getting to have a conversation. Uh, so he's trying to see what our setup is going to be. Bleach Report is going to have a gridiron house. Like it. And it, I think we're going to be in the same area as Dan Patrick and Rich Eisen. Okay. So hopefully we get them on too. Um, he's down there scouting, so there is no dolphin tank, Bengal tank, giant tank, eagle tank. Why wasn't I part of the scouting group? I'm, I'm a great scout. I have an eye for talent. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm fun. But this is more about like finding where they're going to put lights and microphones. Oh, we're not looking for just for it. People yeah, to hang they out already, with. They already, yeah, they're not. No, they're not looking no. for audience members. They don't need people this just to hang first out. Tank. Okay. There's going to be like saying, a guy I mean, sometimes like, like, I know so how to find Hickman the right Jersey people. Like screw you, Westbrook. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it'll be a lot well, of ladies you in our crowd. Got other different talent. Yes, that's what I'm here for. Oh, did you see? Okay, I did an interview with Gronk one day when you weren't able to be here, mm-hmm. and did you see that they used my question to Gronk as the promotional video for Gronk Beach? Ah. So, like, I hype everyone up way too much when mm-hmm. I'm interviewing them. And so I was like, when I heard there was a South Beach party, I knew there was only one man that could pull it off. Gronk. Will there be any sand left? And they turned it into the video wow. for the event. Did they give you any credit at all? Did they even mention your name? They, they, the only reason I knew is because they mentioned me. Okay, that's, that's, and so that's appropriate. I, I responded and was like... I'm going to need VIP if this is a thing. Because listen to this. Of course. It's egregious. I was in Miami. I thought there are very few people that can throw together a party worthy of the incredible energy of Miami Beach. And then I heard of Gronk Beach. What, is yeah. there going to be any sand left when you're done with it? Is, is there going to be any sand left? I don't know, man. This is a sandstorm while we're there. That's amazing. 
They made me be promotional video over Darude Sandstorm, yeah. which I'll be honest, thought it was going to be the greatest song of all time when I was 14 mm-hmm. years old. It's still, it's still a pretty good song. So like, if you're just I trying may, to get, I might be able to turn that into VIP Gronk Beach for us. Hey, sign me up. I'm there. I know you're there. I'm there for all the VIP parties. Ina will be there too. Uh, my wife has been bugging me about this. And right, I well, t- then don't tell her that my fiance's coming. I literally told her that she couldn't come. But now. Well, no, just don't. She's not going to watch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so. I got to tell her now. But that's Inger's down there. Seeing. And I think he's like, he, he he's called up Pat Pat. He wanted to see what the sand was going to look yeah. like. Well, the Pat Pat, the, the, the Patriots won't be there. So they don't have to worry about the sand. All right, let's start here. Yeah. They don't got to worry about the sand on the beach in Miami. Not this year. So I would say that Thursday night, the Ravens continue to look phenomenal. Absolutely. Lamar Jackson continues to be the MVP. Mm -hmm. Five touchdowns, eight carries for 86 yards. He turns the corner at ease. Mark Ingram was doing whatever he wanted. I mean, Lamar could have had six touchdowns if he didn't overthrow Mark Andrews. Very easy. The defense is clicking. Um, Then Sunday, Kansas City takes on Denver in the snow. I thought it might have been Patrick Mahomes' most impressive performance Mm -hmm. just from how difficult it was out there. Travis Kelsey becomes the youngest tight end to ever reach his yardage. He also becomes the first tight end to ever have four consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Tyreek Hill looks completely back. Mm -hmm. They still don't have a running game, but the defense also held the Broncos to three points. That's right. Three. Mm -hmm. And they look like the, the hot teams. New England goes into Cincy. It's a close game, and then Stephon Gilmore blows it open. You don't think the Patriots – because it does seem right now that the Chiefs and Ravens are performing at a higher level than the Patriots. Right. Well, here's the deal. The the game is close. The Patriots game is close at halftime. 13-10 in favor of the Patriots at halftime. They score 14 points in the third quarter. But when I look at it, I'm saying Tom Brady in this offense, and I know Edelman is injured just a bit. They got five turnovers against a football team that was 1-12 before the game. And they still only scored. Th- I mean, it just it didn't feel right. I felt like they should have scored more points. They should have been more dominant offensively. And when you look at the stats, you know, Tom Brady passes. The, the passing yards is 116 yards. 116-116. Yeah. You had five turnovers. You got the ball back five times. Obviously, they ran the ball a little bit more. Um, yesterday, they, they were able to do that because they're up so big. So they got Sony Michelle just involved a little bit. Burkhead got a yes. late touchdown. But this offense just doesn't look the same. We don't see a dominant offense. We don't see an offense that on third down you say, we're certain that they're going to get the first down. I would agree with you on this. Muhammad Sanu has not been effective. Julian, he looks slow and, and Julian Edelman injured. has not been effective at all. Mm-hmm. It was good to see Nikhil Harry go out there and get that, uh, get the touchdown catch. But this is a team that is completely built around this secondary getting turnovers. Yes. And there's a reason why more touchdowns, when quarterbacks this season have thrown to Stephon Gilmore, he has more touchdowns than the receivers have against him. Mm -hmm. Think about that. This cornerback has more pick sixes than receivers have caught touchdowns against him. And it's just a team right now that they're trying to survive on offense and use trick plays to generate offense. But it's all our special teams are either going to block a punt, block a field goal, or take something back, or we need to get points with our defense. Right. And that's their scheme right now. The receivers in total had six catches. You're talking about the receivers. Harry, uh, 
Edelman and Sanu. Six catches for a combined 37 yards. Yeah. They're throwing all their passes are short passes to James White screen. A, uh, a wide receiver screen out of the backfield flare to James White. Leaves their leading receiver three catches in 49 yards. The offense just has no dynamic plays unless it's a special play, unless it's a trick play, things like that. And it's hard to do those things in the playoffs. And and here's a deal with trick plays. Usually trick plays happen between the 40s. And so whether uh, – and the reason why they happen between the 40s is because you can't do it when you're on your own 20. You're, you're too far backed up. You normally don't want to do it in the red zone because a lot of times – and this, this changed just a little bit. Yeah. But a lot of times you're not going to use those special types of plays there. So when you're looking for a shot play, it's between the 40s. The problem with that for New England has been – it's hard for them to get between the 40s because in order to do that, you have to get at least one or two first downs. And it's hard. they've been struggling to do that. Yes. They don't have the weaponry to be able to do that, to get those first downs. That's why – and I wouldn't say that they are built to, to survive on the turnovers and defense. They are dependent on that. That's the only way that they can be successful is by their offense – uh, you know, just kind of struggling along. But their defense making all the plays and, of course, the special teams coming up with the pump block. This is what's so interesting about this upcoming week. There's a lot of games this upcoming week that are going to have huge um, just repercussions. One, Green Bay, Minnesota. Yeah. Green Bay is fighting for a bye in the playoffs Mm -hmm. right now. Minnesota's trying to win the division. There's still a chance they could win it. But Buffalo, New England. Buffalo is 10-4 and after the win against Pittsburgh. New England is 11-3. and If New England loses... Kansas City's 10 and 4. Yes. They would have the same record as Kansas City and Kansas City's beat them. Mm-hmm. Buffalo now would be 11 and 4 with New England. If New England has a bye and a home playoff game, could a Kansas City go in there and still win? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. But is it going to be tough? Oh my god. Like a bye week for Bill Belichick and a home game. But if Buffalo can go, I don't know if Buffalo can go into New England this week and get it done. Last year in New England, uh, the Patriots won twenty-four to twelve over Buffalo. The year before that, thirty-seven to sixteen. The year before that, twenty to thirteen. Now they did lose back in twenty fourteen, seventeen to nine, okay. and that was a Tom Brady game where he went eight of sixteen for eighty yards. I can't imagine that he played the entire game, but. That's how Buffalo has to win right? if they're going to go into New England and win. Well, Is there any chance in your mind that this Buffalo team can go into New England and threaten to possibly win the AFC East and maybe even knock the Patriots out of a bye in the playoffs? Absolutely. And, and here's the reason why. Earlier in the season, on a, probably first five, six weeks of the season, whenever they played earlier, that, that was a close game. That was a game that at the end could have really went either way. I think they ended up losing by six, 16 to 10, I believe, at that point. And there were times where you saw the frustration on Tom Brady's face because up until that point, I think probably in the fourth game of the season or so, they really they were playing bad teams. And then finally they played Buffalo, a good defense, and they gave them trouble. The, uh, the, the Patriots were going three and out. Three and out, three and out. Unfortunately for Buffalo, offensively, they just couldn't get anything going. And that was during the stretch where New England's defense was playing on a whole different level. Now. Realize this too, really, just to add. When they played earlier this year, 
Buffalo dominated New England in almost every statistical category. Mm -hmm. They had twice as many first downs. They had 375 total yards. The Patriots had 224. But you know what the Bills had? They they ran for 135. The Patriots ran for 74. They threw for 90 more passing yards. But Josh Allen had four turnovers. Tom Brady had one. Yeah. Now, Tom Brady's came in the red zone, but Josh Allen had a number of picks and a fumble that popped out. And this was a Buffalo team that really had it. They had the ball for five more minutes. Yeah. Buffalo played a better game last time. Much better. But you really think they can go into New England and Josh Allen can play smarter than he did earlier in the year? Well, offensively, I think they're playing better. I think earlier in the season, they were dependent upon Josh Allen to kind of just whip them out there and just throw the ball all over the place. Now they got Singletary playing well. They'll, they'll sprinkle in Frank Gore just a little bit. Josh Allen presents some different issues about getting on the edge, being able to run. We already saw with Lamar Jackson, not comparing the two, but Josh Allen does have the ability to run the football down the field. So that just puts those linebackers in the Fine. And again, as much as we want to say the, the Patriots have capitalized on other people's mistakes, I think the Buffalo Bills had the ability to capitalize on the Patriots' mistakes. One thing that I know, there was a couple teams that beat the Patriots because they were not afraid of the Patriots. Mm. The Ravens were one, the Texans were another. And I think the Bills are very similar. They play them every year. They know them very well. This is a, a, a common divisional opponent. They're not afraid of the mystique of the Patriots to go up there to Foxborough and try to win a football game. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. So the moment won't be bigger than them. And I think they have a real chance of going up there uh, to Gillette Stadium and winning this football game. Also this, they played them in the first five games of the year. Josh Allen, in the first five games of the year, threw seven interceptions. Yeah, he wasn't ready yet. The last nine games... He's thrown two interceptions. Mm -hmm. After that Patriots game, he threw one pick the next game and then went, I think, five or six weeks without throwing an interception. He does not fumble a ton. He's lost two, three, four fumbles this year. And believe me, I watch a lot of Carson Wentz, and there's a lot of fumbles being lost. But Josh Allen is playing smarter. Devin Singletary has really stepped up. And this Buffalo Bills defense – I think has been tested a little bit lately, and I, but I do think they really understand what New England is trying to accomplish on offense. Mm-hmm. It was in that first game quite interesting to realize that the only time the Patriots scored was when they got short fields because of Josh Allen turnovers. That's right. That's right. I, I, everything in my heart wants me to believe that the Bills can go into New England and even it up at 11-4 and four and 11-4. and four. And I will say that if the Bills are somehow able, with Josh Allen now playing more conservatively with the football and along with what they're trying to do, if in the year where everyone thinks this could be the end of the Patriots, Mm -hmm. that they even might could lose the division? I don't know. I I just am hard-pressed to think it's going to happen. I'm just looking at this stats, and I I was going to tell you the story. This is what I was going to tell you earlier. So I go out and spend all this money on the iPad, right? that new iPad Pro, because I want to be able to write my notes down instead of carrying all these notebooks around. Oh. I do that, and I, I I go through all the games this morning, watch them all and all this, that, and the other. With That's this brand new iPod. Oh, it's, iPad. It's, it's awesome. It's great. However, I turned it off so that I can charge it, just to turn it off and reboot it, and I can't remember the damn password. Have no clue what the password is. Absolutely no clue. So now 
I have to wait another 45 is it, minutes. Is it Lefko it's, one yeah. exclamation? I, I, I would feel comfortable saying that your name is not in here. Okay. So it's been disabled for five, six times now for an hour. So it starts at 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, and then it just goes hour by hour. You don't use the same password for everything? I thought I did. I don't know what the heck I did. I have no clue what I did wrong. Obviously, I did something wrong. But the reason why I brought <laughs> that up, because in my notes that I took on this game, it pointed out in the third quarter, this is when the Patriots ended up scoring 14 points. The Bengals threw three interceptions in the third quarter. I mean, this is the game. Again, the game was tight. It was 13 to 10 at halftime. The Bengals scored. They, they throw three interceptions in the third quarter. Yes. They score 14 points. The Patriots do. And that's the, that changes the course of the game. Here, here's what's incredible about the Bills-Patriots matchup from a looking at all the different levels. The Patriots' big advantage of their, their best unit of their team, other than special teams, is their secondary. Mm-hmm. Of course. But the Bills are not trying to do that. The Bills are trying to show, throw short and pound you. That's the last time they played, Frank Gore had over 100 yards rushing. But the thing is, is that the Bills' defense matches up perfectly with the Patriots. Because the pa- there's not a single receiver on that team that's going to scare the Bills' secondary at all. The Bills can literally go, we'll sit in the box. And the Bills, with Sean McDermott, will be disciplined enough to not fall for any, any type of trick play. And they're, they have a l- athletic enough linebackers where the state the safeties can sit back. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer don't need to come up. Nope. Tremaine Edmonds will go, I can run side to side with Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. What tight end? Oh, Jacob Hollister is going to get behind. No me? fear there. They, there should be no fear. And if there's one team that knows how to play in Foxborough, it's this team. I, I'm rooting now for the Bills to win this division. I, I don't know I, if it's possible, but I'm rooting. for I it. feel good about kind of swaying because last week you were all oh, the Patriots, this and the other, and the the history of the Patriots are going to take over. And I would bet on the Patriots, but I'm rooting for the Bills. Uh, did, let me add something to you. Yesterday, Joe Mixon, 25 carries, 136 yards, looked like a grown man yes. out there. Now again, we're, we're walking in here with Frank Gore with the Bills and Devin Singletary. Yeah, we're not throwing the ball against. Uh, Gilmore, we're not doing that. Andy Dalton, what are you doing? Oh. Why are you throwing the ball against him? We're not doing that. Sean McDermott, same type of cut from the same cloth as John Harbaugh. Literally the same cloth. Yes. Blitzing on defense, nasty, get after it. Great situational coach. He's going to have his guys prepared and ready to play. I mean, I'm not a betting man, but if I was, my money would be on the Buffalo Bills. What do you think the line is? I have not looked. I'm going to look right now. Three points for the for the for the Patriots. Do you know it? No, I have no clue. The line is New England Buffalo. The game is going to be. Of course, it's on fucking Saturday. The Patriots are favored by six and a half. Oh, oh no! I'm taking the Bills then it, easily. That's crazy. One, one That's a last crazy day to prepare on Saturday. Well, if you're the if you're the Bills, what are you preparing for on offense? I mean, what exactly? Yeah, well, okay. Well, how how do you prepare for that? You don't. You try to react to them. You don't really. You can't prepare for that. Oh, they're going to do a flea flicker. That's they always a lot do that. Of points. It's six and a half, and oh. the total is thirty eight and a half. So that's like saying that you think that the Patriots are going to win. What is that? Like twenty two to sixteen or something like that. Well, that that may be close, though. Yeah, no, it's, that's what. So let's is. just figure: if, if the Patriots get a pick six or a fumble recovery or something crazy, that's a touchdown. I think their offense could probably give you 10, 13 points. The problem is, is do you think Josh Allen can 
keep it within himself. Yes. I, I know the Bills. That's a really good. I know the Bills are going to probably score 17. They're going to have to win 17 14. Um, Eagles, Cowboys is this week. Yes. Big game. What, Huge game. I thought the Carson Wentz throw to Miles Sanders in the back of the end zone was a throw that Wentz can make, Mahomes can make, and like Rodgers could have made two years ago. Mm. And a lot of people are, are in my mention saying he wasn't really trying to throw to him. He was trying to throw, throw to Ortega Whiteside, but it was a laser beam. Oh, you saw him when he was rolling out. And, it was the yeah. play of the game. Yep, yep, yep. It reminded me a lot back in your era of when Donovan McNabb against the Bears in the divisional round mm-hmm. rolled out and found Cecil Martin yep. on his on knees in the end zone. That's right. That's what I saw with Devin, with um, Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. But before we get to Miles and all that, how is Carson performing compared to, like, where is Carson for you in your mind right now? Well, so the last two games, I've seen Carson do something that he's never done throughout his, his entire career, is bring a team back, look confident, look great. I mean, he's led this football team these last two games, and albeit it's against the Giants hey, and the Redskins, it really doesn't matter. Game-winning drive against the Giants? It's, yes. And three straight lead-taking drives to end the game against Washington. That's what it's all about. And so we saw Carson be a great leader. We saw him take over the game, which to me, he made a comment last week and was like, yeah, I don't have to, uh, you know, win the game for us. I'm like, what are you talking about? That That's your one and only job. We pay you all that money to do that. These past two weeks have shown that he can do that, albeit, again, yeah. weaker opponents, but he has the ability to do that. Here's my question about Carson Wentz. And it's actually a big concern because if we're talking about getting some big-time receivers in next year in a free agency or whatever, this may come into play. These last couple of weeks, he's been without Nelson Aguilar, who doesn't have a great track record as far as one of the better receivers in the game, not even close, but in Alshon Jeffrey, who is a Pro Bowl type of receiver, bigger name, been around the league for a long time, two big personalities. Without those guys in the lineup, I've seen Carson Wentz develop more as a leader. Guys have gravitated towards him a little bit more. And to me, it seems like now he feels like it's my team. I'm going to take it on my shoulders to win this game. Now, without those guys, bigger personalities around, it felt like he was shrinking just a little bit. It felt like he wasn't taking the bull by the horns and wrestling this team and saying, this is my team. You think he's been more of a leader when the other louder personalities have left? Yes. And we've seen it before in, in the history of football when, when coaches say, you know what, we got to get rid of this guy because not because he's making it our, our, our team. He, he does make our team better, but he, he hurts the leader, the person that I really want to be the leader, the guy that we're bringing up on this team. It, that reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson. Yes. Where Russell Wilson early on, there was a lot of strong personalities. That's right. But then, you know, this second wave of Russell Wilson, and it becomes who's all team. these wide receivers were drafted after he was there. That's right. And he's the automatic leader. It becomes his team. And I'm starting to feel the same way about Carson, that all these guys now, they look up to Carson. He's the elder statesman. Right. He's a guy that's just, and, it, and it, it, in my opinion, it's allowed Carson to play much more free. He looks these last two weeks, these last end of the game situations. Now you, he has to play better throughout the game, right. but these last end of the game situations, he's looked like the old Carson Wentz, playing free, playing you know doesn't have the weight on the world, right. not worried about throwing a bad throw. When he throws a bad throw to Alshon, Alshon's kind of rolling his eyes. He, does. And, he puts his hands. You know, up he's doing it, same thing with Nelson. I don't even know why he's doing it, but the quarterback sees that. They see it in film. They see. They hear yes. about it on the sidelines. They hear it from their friends, and to me. 
that that has got on Carson. That that made him think a little bit more. And as a quarterback, you don't want to be out there think as a player. Period. Yeah. You want to just be out there reacting, going out there, and doing what you do naturally. And I, these last two weeks have to be the thing that catapults Carson into that next category. I think it's um. It is interesting when you're bringing in a big personality. Like, I remember watching Derek Carr this offseason when they brought in Antonio Brown. Yeah. At first, they were like, I love you. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, it was like, this personality is too big for you. Yeah. I would rather a quarterback be able to step up when no one's there. Like, let's take, let, let's also uh, again acknowledge it was the Giants, it was of Washington. Course, of course. Both of their secondaries are highly suspect. But with Greg Ward Jr., with J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, with two tight ends, like with really nothing, he's been able to engineer stuff and look accurate when he needed to. I think it was like 18-21 to in the second Mm -hmm. half, like three touchdowns. But also like when you factor in right now what has been a a rough Carson Wentz season, 3,400 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions, a 92.3 QB rating. He's pretty much having the same season as Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers, 24 touchdowns, two interceptions. And a lot of people don't like this season for Aaron Rodgers either. They've doubted that. But I would also say that, like, Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot more weapons. He's got a much better offensive line. This has been with no Jordan Howard for Carson Wentz. It's been with no Lane Johnson. Maybe there's a chance that both of those guys are back this week. I. This reminds me a lot about Carson Wentz's rookie year where there would be ups and downs, but you still saw like, oh, he could throw for four touchdowns. They're going to have to find the wide receivers that mesh with him. But I still think that Carson has the upside of winning you a football game. And he's not as consistent as other guys right now, but I also think that's because of the cast around him. I mean, there are times where he drops back and the pressure is on him within two seconds. Absolutely. And the only reason he can throw an overthrow is because he was able to dip under a guy and scoot to the left. Well, but to, to, to your point, you're absolutely right about that. But that's the same thing that you expect out of Russell Wilson. Same yeah, thing but, you expect out of Deshaun Watson, Patrick But Mahomes, I would say this, there's guys. maybe seven or eight guys that you can have that conversation about, and Carson's one of those guys. Yeah, he's got paid like he like that, too. Yes, so that, that's yes. why you're having that conversation with him. I think one of the things that I've enjoyed these last two weeks is that he's made the guys around him better. A lot better. And these are just guys. I mean, these are Greg Ward's just a guy. He's proven that he's a yeah. little bit better than they thought. But he's, he's a practice squad player. Can I ask you how a guy like Greg Ward doesn't make the team, and he already looks better than like Nelson Aguilar and Very clearly easy. Matt Collins. Very easily. Let me ask you this. This is also an Eagles team that had Raheem Mostert on the team, and it was like their leading rusher every preseason, and he's on another team balling out. Very easily. I, how does a team have all this talent in preseason and then like just, oh, he was a good preseason guy, and they end up balling elsewhere? Well, I'll tell you why, because, and, and I'll use Are you going to say England. draft equity? Absolutely. Look, look what New England does, and, and, and I use them as a perfect example, but also it's unfair because they're, they, they think on a different level. If they say we drafted a guy in the second round and he just comes in and stinks, guess what? He may play for a year, but after that, we're trying to get him out of there. We're trying to get guys that can work, whether it's a, a first-round pick more or a fifth-round pick. You know what I mean? They're saying, can you work in our offense, in our defense? And if you can't, you're out of here, period. And we, we're, not will, we're not willing to keep going year after year with someone that doesn't work. The only person they've done that with 
it's Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah. So I mean, you gotta you gotta call it with that. But but anytime you draft a guy, he's gonna get two, three, four years of opportunity over a guy that was not drafted. That's just the way the and NFL this, has worked. This draft looks so bad. Yeah. for the Eagles in terms of evaluating wide receivers, which they've yet to draft a good one, really, in Howie's whole time there. When you have guys like Debo Samuel, yes. you have a guy like A.J. Brown, who I yep. watched on Tennessee, mm-hmm. looks like a bonafide number one. Big, strong, fast. D.K. Metcalf. Same thing. Terry McLaurin. Blazing the, fast. The fact that this team took a quarterback out of Northwestern mm-hmm. in the fifth round in Clayton Thorson, who I don't believe is still in the league. And five picks later, the Giants took Darius Slayton, yeah. who Speed. looks like he could be a number two in this league. No doubt. I, it just doesn't look good. But I want from your Eagles slash running back perspective, I saw some, some juice out of Miles Sanders yesterday yeah. Yeah. that really opened my eyes. Do you believe that Miles Sanders is the long-term number one for this team? There's no doubt in my mind. He he absolutely is. And this is what I've seen of him throughout the season. Early on in the year, and, and I'll tell you this, as good as Saquon was last year, his rookie year, early on in the year, he struggled. And he struggled because, and not the entire game, because he still broke some long runs early on, but he struggled early on because he wasn't patient and he thought he could just outrun everybody. Because that's what you could do in college. I'm a better athlete than you. I'm just going to run to the sideline faster than you and then turn up and go. You have that ability to do that at Penn State because you're just better. You're a much better athlete. And same thing for Miles Sanders. He didn't have to worry about his vision. He didn't have to worry about his his setting blocks up. He was just a better athlete than everybody else. And he tried that early on in the season, and he looked bad. That's why Jordan Howard was even able to play because Miles Sanders wasn't ready. He wasn't mature enough. His vision wasn't there. He wasn't setting up blocks. Most importantly, most important thing for a young running back, his patience wasn't there. He wasn't patient enough to the hole. Many young running backs are saying, I'm just going to speed to the hole. I'm going to speed through it, and I'm just going to keep speeding down the field. That's not what running backs in the NFL do. You're patient to the hole. You burst through it, and then now you're flying down the field. Miles Sanders has figured that out, and he's setting his blocks up totally different. It was a thing of beauty what he did yesterday. I almost feel like he's better in draw plays than normal because it it gives him that extra second Mm -hmm. of patience. Like the big one he had yesterday was a draw to the left. Yeah, Yeah. it forces him to be patient. He he sets up his blocks very well. He also has that extra gear. Yes, he's much faster than I thought he was. I— what was that? Was that Miami game? I can't game? remember the last time that I've seen a, an Eagles running back look that fast. Was that a Miami game? He he just outran everybody. Buffalo. Buffalo. He, I mean, he just – I didn't think he was that fast. Very similar run to the one that worked yeah. yesterday where it was like a little bit delayed off left right. center. I didn't know that he was that fast, but when he opens up and runs, he's pretty doggone fast. So I was impressed yesterday. Is that something, though, that happens for running backs? We're like halfway through your rookie year. Like we're seeing it with Devin Singletary. We're seeing it where sometimes it just starts to click a little bit more. I think it happens with a lot of players, especially with guys that play a lot early on. Singletary played a lot early on. Same thing with Miles is that the game is so fast when you're a rookie. So many things going on, blocking, Lindsay protection. last year. Yeah, same thing, type of thing. And sooner or later – middle of the season for Miles Sanders and a little bit for Singletary as well, things start to slow down. 
And now I'm not thinking my way through things. Now I'm just playing, being a running back. And so many things for a running back is reactionary. I'm just reacting to different things and I'm making a cut. I'm not pre-thinking it. And for him, he's just gotten so much better at those small things that it makes a big difference because he, he's the most explosive player that they have on offense. Yes. The most explosive player. Now they're going to him. And the thought, here's the thought process. When, when you're just another guy, you're saying, oh, I'm just another guy. My play doesn't really matter that much to winning games. But when you are the guy like he is now, now you pay attention a little bit more. Now you just do the little extra things, and you can see it. His swagger is totally different. The way he walks around as a confident player is totally different. I'm seeing the growth of a young man that, that has certain ability to be one of the best running backs in Philadelphia uh, history. Wow. It's been impressive. I, I, just his growth, yeah. his rookie year has been impressive. He's been healthy. They're using him the right way. He'll get 18 to 20 carries. He's built to be able to handle that. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, those are the makings of one of the better backs that we have in the NFL right now. Um, Eagles defense looks awful. Yeah, and they look bad. I watched the Dallas Cowboys have one of their best games of the entire season mm -hmm. um, and uh, make a Rams team look very pedestrian. Yes, now, a Rams team that was playing great for the last two games. Hot. And, yeah. and maybe they were playing against some opponents and it wasn't great. Perhaps. Cowboys are coming to town. I said a few weeks ago, the last thing I needed was they beat the Giants, they beat Washington, and they play Dallas, and we talked about the whole mm -hmm. analogy and all that. I'm worried that this is reminding me of 2009, where the Eagles like lost to the Cowboys 24 nothing, and they went to the playoffs and they lost 34-14, where yeah. it was like the Cowboys just had their number, and they're a much better team. The Cowboys look like a team that could run on you, and Dak sort of got that play action pass down. And when I think about this Eagles offense, I, I just, it doesn't, I don't feel good about Sunday. And I don't know if you feel better than I do. No, I don't. I, I feel good because they, they've they coming off two wins in a row, but I also understand the New York Giants suck. And the um, Washington. Washington Redskins suck too. Yeah. And we struggled. Against both of those teams, quite quite honestly, it was a was it a, a six point game against the Redskins, whatever seven point game, whatever it was before that last touchdown, and and we struggled, and so when I see the Dallas Cowboys figure out a way, they figured it out for some reason. It took them a long time. They lost two, three, four in a row, whatever it was, and then they figured it out yesterday to go back to Zeke. Let's go back to fundamentals. Let's not ask Dak to, to throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah. Most importantly, and I keep preaching this and nobody is singing it, everyone said at the beginning of the season the Cowboys' offensive line was the most dominant offensive line in the league, and I watched them all year long. They battled some injuries with uh, Lyle Collins and, yeah. and Tyron Matthew just a little bit. I mean, uh, Smith just a little bit there. But they were not the best offensive line in the league. And they were getting dominated. They got dominated by the Bills. They got dominated by the, the Vikings. And they were just getting beat up. And yesterday, they went back to smash mouth football. That offensive line looked different yesterday. The offensive line was getting the beating up the guys on the first level, getting to the second level. That's why Zika had so much success. That's why when you throw Pollard out there, he looks like a man shot out of a dog on cannon. Because, and, and that concern, the run game, Yes. The run game concerns me because every game that the Cowboys play against the Eagles, they get over 100 yards rushing. Cowboys have beaten the Eagles four times in a row. Yeah. Cowboys have been able to go to Philadelphia yep. and win a few times yep. in a row. Yep. 
Zeke has performed big in all of those games. Yep. And the Eagles offense really has struggled in a lot of those games. Um, Adrian right, Peterson like, yesterday averaged 4.1 yards to carry. He only has 16 carries, but I mean, you know, you're number gonna, of times where he got crucial third yes. downs and short yardage. Well, you're going to double that number for the running backs for the Cowboys. So you're going to get 32 I, runs. So Bleacher Report had a party last week. It was for like, uh, it was called the drop up for like sneakers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I got cornered by master who's uh, works here at Bleacher Report. And he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. And I said, let's put 20 bucks on the game. And he goes, hundred. And I was like, God, I don't want to do that, but I also don't want to look like an idiot. So I have $100 on a game that I have zero confidence in. Like, I have zero confidence in the Eagles right now. Really? I just... You don't think they can pull it together? For one for the Gipper. That, that Carson Wentz has been playing so well that he can find a way. Because, again, that's I really what you don't. pay for. I... I so, so you think that because Dallas you know Cowboys? What? So I was on the Tomahawk podcast, which is Joe Thomas and Andrew Hawkins, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we were we talked like about a week ago about what's going to happen in this situation, and Hawkins said, Dak Prescott is playing for a contract. Yes, and I will never bet against a guy who is playing for possibly over a hundred million dollars because that's the interesting thing. Uh This is the Dak contract bowl. No, if they win the NFC East and he goes out there and outduels a hundred million dollar plus man in Carson Wentz, then Dak will show them on the road in Philadelphia. It will be the final because whatever happens in the playoffs, the the narrative is going to be, they're an eight and eight football team up against like a twelve and four, thirteen and three Niners team. Right. They shouldn't have had a chance anyway. But this is the game where Dak is playing for a stack. No way. And there's a lot more motive. And I said that's I love that storyline. You do you think that's true? I don't believe that anything is boiled down to one thing. But if they win the NFC East, Jerry Jones is likely getting rid of, of Jason Garrett. Okay. And he's gonna go, now I do know though. That my quarterback, with all this bullshit, was able to pull it out, and I'm gonna give him that check. If Jerry Jones, in his right mind, thinks that let's let's just say they lose this game, and let's say Dak plays terrible, if he thinks that he's gonna go buy, find a better quarterback oh, no, than Dak, then that's crazy. They're gonna pay him. You're talking about the amount of money that I'm they're talking pay him. about. Maybe it's, it's maybe it's three or four million dollars more. Okay. Well, I mean, because he, it's in, the, in his head. If, if I'm Dak's agent, which I would love to be, um, Dak, give me a call. I would be like, well, listen, we have the second leading passer in the league. Yeah, that guy. That guy that had to deal with Amari Cooper being injured. That guy had to deal with Randall Cobb being injured. Brand new offensive coordinator. We didn't know we were getting Injuries from Zeke. all over the line. Offensive line. I mean, that's Michael what Gallup I, missed six Come on, weeks. What, what you talking about? That's, that's what I would is be a, saying. Is a shell of himself. So it, here's the other thing. If this game, if I'm Dak, I'm saying I don't want this game to come down to me. Not because I'm not able to handle the pressure, but the game is in number 21's hands. What do you think this line is? It's in Philly. It's in Philly. I think the Cowboys are probably favored by two. One. One. Okay. <sighs> Close. I So Lou Holtz pretty much invented the motivation. It's basically te- a pick em. It is pretty much. It pretty much invented this motivation technique. On Monday, you show the team the film of how good the other team is, mm-hmm. and you instill fear. Mm-hmm. We're never going to beat this team. They're really tough. We need to, we need to play a perfect game plan. Yep. By Wednesday, you start building confidence. By Friday, you got everybody firing on all cylinders. And on Sunday, you're telling them nobody can fucking touch us. They don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. 
where I'm looking at the Cowboys, and I'm actually thrilled that they played that good of a game against the Rams because I think it's that much more of of expectation uh, given to the Eagles. Um, I also think that the the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, Jim Schwartz, plays a, calls a smarter game against teams he respects, mm-hmm. and against teams he doesn't. He just tries to blitz you. And that's why Dwayne Haskins had the best game of his year. Ryan Fitzpatrick had the best game of his year. But when he plays really good teams, he plays more conservative. And and I'm hoping he does because – You know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping that – I have no comment. I'm hoping that the defense learns how to tackle. I, learned, I hope that they can do that. I hope that they can wrap up because these last couple of weeks they haven't wrapped up. They haven't tackled very well. I, I would think that Fletcher Cox probably is going to need to come to play – Hello, Fletcher. I don't know what his stats were. They weren't a lot yesterday. And traditionally speaking, Fletcher Cox, comes. he gets up against the Dallas offensive line. So if I'm Jim Swartz, all I'm telling them is like, hey, we're playing against the best offensive line in football, and Fletcher, you probably won't have a good game. That's how I'm getting him fired up. I might have somebody go over to Fletcher Cox's house, bang on the door a little bit, get him going that way. That's what I would do. Um, They need Fletcher Cox this week. Did you watch any Texans Titans and what did you think? I did. I um So <sighs> it looks like the Texans now have the stranglehold on this division if I, they can hold on. I wanted the Titans to win because I wanted the Titans in the playoffs. I, I just did because I, I love Rabel. I love the nastiness. I love I wanted to see more Derrick Henry, see if he can get keep this thing the going. The Titans were the better team. I think they are. They the engineered team. the longer drives. I wanted they Ryan had, Tannehill to get paid. I think they had two turnovers in the red zone. Mm-hmm. They had a blocked field goal. They had a failed punt attempt, failed fake punt attempt. Yep. But the Texans were able to get an 86-yard interception return that set them up. That's right. They were able to uh, connect on a few big plays. And DeAndre Hopkins made big plays when it mattered. Huge plays. But I I do like the Titans more as a scary playoff team, like of the two. Um, at the same point, like if Deshaun Watson can go off, he can go off. He can go off. I just, I don't like either team. I, I, think I lost a lot of money on that game. Did you? Yeah. You went with the Titans, right? I went with the over, and then at money line, I was like, I took when they were down 14 nothing. I yeah. took Titans money line, and then they tied it up, and I was like, I'm a genius, and then they blew it. Uh, I, I think the Titans have a lot of good pieces. I think they're maybe a year away from putting all those pieces together to make a run at this AFC South division. I will give Vrabel a lot of credit that they always are playing um, – they always come to play, and they always play the last second. Yes. They play hard. They're nasty. They're physical. Yeah. I love that. Approach. And the defense really steps up. I mean, they made life really tough for Deshaun Watson for a long time, but they got injuries to Adoree Jackson, injuries to Butler, and they just they couldn't handle it towards the end of the game where it was like, we're going to find DeAndre Hopkins and yeah. make it happen. Um, but I wanted that game to be a little bit more flawless for Ryan Tannehill. I still thought he played pretty well. He did. He just had a bad interse- a bad interception and then an unfortunate one that was more of a fumble than an interception later on in the game. You know, I, when I watched Tannehill, I'm, you know, I'm I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill fan. Probably wasn't until he got in for the tech for the Titans was I even a fan. But the way he's played, the aggressive nature of him throwing the football down the field, I, I've appreciated that. I think that he completes this football team quite in a weird way because yeah. when he was in Miami, I'm like, oh, he's just another bum. He'll be out of the league soon. But he completes this football team, and it was something that he did, I think it was last week. I think he threw an interception with someone fumbled, and he made that tackle. Yeah. And I was like, quarterbacks don't do that. 
they don't try to go get dirty and be nasty and physical and go go put somebody on the ground. Yeah. He did that. And that I was already leaning towards the Ryan Tannehill train, and now I'm all the way on. Ryan Tannehill's going to be up. He'll get paid this year. Marcus Mariota's going to be He's up. He's out of there. He's out of there. Jameis Winston's going to be up. Jameis Winston just threw for 450 yards in back-to-back <laughs> games. This game, he did it without Mike Evans and without Chris Goblin. How many interceptions half. did he throw yesterday? Threw one. Okay, that's not bad. That's, that's great for that's Four great touchdowns, for one interceptions. Yeah. He is currently the leader in the NFL in passing yards. That's crazy. Bruce Arians is going to sit there and go, look what I can do with him. I can fix him. I have no idea what you do with Jameis Winston. I heard this, I think it was from Chris Westling in the NFL Network, and I, I thought it was a, a great line. Jameis Winston is a great passer. Yes. He is not a good quarterback. Not a good decision maker. And and the thing is, though, Mike Evans is great. Chris yes. Godwin is great. Mm-hmm. That offensive line does have some pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they do have an interesting two tight end set. Yeah. But Bruce Arians can do it with a lot of people. I just... I cannot give him a lot of money, but at the same point, there's just not a lot of guys that can get hot and put keep you in any game. Hey, as much as the thought process is with Jameis, with but all I also these... want to have perspective. We had perspective about Carson Wentz. Yes. He did this against Detroit, yep. whose secondary is ever since they got rid of um, Quandre Diggs, yeah, it's been a mess. And the week before that, it was against Jacksonville, who stinks. <sighs> Jameis has been putting up numbers against everybody. That's why he's the leading passer in the league. He puts up numbers. The problem has been the interceptions. He has 24 doggone interceptions. Wow. That's decision-making. He has as many interceptions as Aaron Rodgers has touched. Yeah, 30 touchdowns, 24 interceptions. So he giveth and he taketh away, which is the worst nightmare as a head coach. Your consistency is, listen, if, if you're just going to be average, I want you to be average all the time, right? I can't have you if you're going to be great and then you're going to be terrible. We can't have you highs and lows. We can take middle of the road. If you go high, I'm loving you. If you go low, low, if you throw four or five interceptions in the game, which Jameis has already done repeatedly, I'm like, all right, I, I just can't deal with it. That's that's the scary decision that Arians has to make because you may not ever find another guy that's going to throw you the amount of touchdowns that Jameis is, 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 is capable of throwing. And you're not going to have a draft pick this year. You're not. To, to take anyone of know that you can really build around. So you so so what they do in these situations they're is they fran- the they franchise. The they're going to go. We have the number one passing offense in the NFL. Yeah, he got better as the year. Like you got to franchise him just to see for another year in this offense. Just to see what it is. Hey, maybe if he goes out and throws forty touchdowns next year and ten interceptions. But, but here's my thing though. Do you and get I, paid? I, the interesting thing about Jameis is he's twenty five. Yep, still young, but. We know what Jameis is. We've seen five years of him. But not if you're Arians. And if you're Arians, you're saying, well, that's what he was prior to me getting here. Now that he's in my system, I've seen him progress. I've seen him get better. I don't know if he has progressed. I'm not saying he got better. That's what, that's what you have to say as you're the coach. Because I don't know if this guy that I'm about to draft is going to help me win. And Mike Evans, does he have another four years? No. Yes. You think so? I do. At the top of the league? Come on. All right, so the last let's let's look at like the last maybe he does maybe he does. All right, let's look at the last six games. Touchdown, two interceptions against Arizona. Okay, two touchdowns, four interceptions against New Orleans. Okay, three touchdowns, two interceptions against Atlanta. Yeah, he has a knack for interceptions. Nothing and nothing against Jacksonville. 
Uh, four touchdowns, three interceptions against Indy. Give four it touchdowns. Take it away. Well, oh my gosh! He giveth and taketh away. I mean, he he's going to get you. And now, listen, they don't run the ball an awful lot down there in Tampa Bay, so they're going to throw the ball a bunch. Forty-two times last week, this past week against Detroit. Forty-five times week before against Indy. A lot of passing attempts. So I mean, you got more more ability to throw the ball to the other team. I'm going to go on the record. Discipline and decision making. I'm going to I'm going to take a I'm going to say this. I do agree with you. That you franchise Jameis, but I think you bring in real competition. So I know you're giving him a lot for the year. Yes. But I also think that, I don't think it's Mariota, because that would just be a cluster. But I wonder also who you could get to really challenge him. Real competition for the future. So not not for this year. You can't, you can't bring in somebody that's no. going to mess him up for this year. You have to say, this is a real competition, a younger guy for... If things don't work out for you next year, because if you bring would, in somebody that rocks the boat, this is my take. It's going to be bad. This is what I would say. I know that Jameis can get really hot, but I, I personally would not build around Jameis Winston. Okay. Um, that also means that you have to have a lot of job security, and so it's a lot easy for me to do that from a podcast than someone that like you go another route two years from now. You're in rebuilding mode, and and you have nothing. But I. I don't believe that you have enough weapons on this team that if you were to give Jameis Winston a lot of money that he could carry this team going forward. I think your secondary is a mess. I don't have the most, most faith in your offensive line. And then Dominican Sue's only signed to a one-year deal. Right, right. I just I don't think he's the guy with as much money as you'd have to pay to make him the guy. I personally think that Jameis Winston is the perfect fighting for a sixth seed. And I, because he's too erratic. That's and, the problem. And my goal is to go for the Super Bowl. I would not build around Jameis Winston. What's your feeling? My take. What's your feeling as a coach, as far as your ability to mold and to determine the future of a young quarterback? As a coach, I would love to have Jameis Winston. Do That's you know what why? Bruce Arians. Do you know why? Because I can blame the media. Will blame all of the mistakes. On Jameis. And right now, Bruce Arians is getting all the credit for this offense. The thing is, is Jameis has put up numbers with Dirk Cutter. Every year. No, Jam- no, matter. no matter who's yeah. the, the play yeah. caller, Jameis has put up numbers. Of course. He's also had Mike Evans there for a long time. But whenever he throws a pick, it's always on Jameis. And so really, as a coach, it's the perfect quarterback to have. You, Especially if you're an offensive guy. Because you can blame everything on your quarterback. Well, what if Jameis? What if you say to Jameis in the offseason, you know what, Jameis, you got a bunch of games with four four touchdowns, and you got a bunch of games with multiple interceptions. How about you throw three touchdowns? Arians did that this offseason. And well, no, Arian, because one Arian, because you know Arians, Arians is like we're going for five hundred yards. Well, he wants to throw the ball deep. That's why you need a strong arm quarterback like Jameis. I mean, where are you going to get another guy at? I think he's going to get franchised. Either that, either yeah, that. Of course he gets franchised. Either that or you know what? You give him a two-year deal. You do a little bit what they did with Bortles. Do you sign a two-year deal if you're Jameis, though? Because there's no job security, and, and you already know they're trying to get me out of it. That's the part that no one's thinking about, is what if Jameis doesn't want to be in Tampa? Boom. And I've never thought about that because the teams always have the most control. Yeah. Because if Jameis goes, I don't want to sign a two-year deal, then the team goes, we're going to franchise him. And then he gets franchised. But story. I've never thought about Jameis not wanting to be in Tampa. Uh, I mean, he has a bunch of weapons there, but I think that's a real reality. I mean, uh, Really, I think Jameis being so erratic has kept, like, 
it, it's easier to keep the GM's job because the GM could be like, look, I mean, if he throws less interceptions. So Jason Light, formerly of the Patriots. Yeah, formerly of the Eagles. I too. did not get to really hear. Well, we talked a little bit about Spygate 2, the Patriots and the Bengals. When you saw the tape and you saw how the guys were reacting. Yeah. How, with Oh, I could delete it. I could delete yeah. it right now and, yeah. and don't worry about it. No harm, no foul. Yeah. First of all, props to the Bengals guy for being like the damage has been done. He, he he felt like a guy when I listened to the Bengals guy. He's like, yeah, no, I'm 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 audio recording recording this conversation. I'm taping it for everybody the to Bengal, hear. The Bengals guy sounded. One time I saw my friend <laughs> get um a citation for peeing in public. Yes, and that's what the cop sounded like. Yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, we don't got to tell him. I I know, but I saw you do it. Yeah. And you rules are rules, and and you were an idiot. Like, that's like what it's You said. broke the rules, bro. Yeah. Is what he was saying. Hey, yeah, cat's out the back. We can't put it back in. They have suspended the videographer. That's BS. Which just like they, they got rid of the. That's player. BS. That's so wrong. Because if if I'm the videographer, I'm making 100000 $100, a year. I don't know, 50000 whatever, whatever it no is. No way, yeah. 50000 a yeah. year. I'm sent to Cincinnati to go specifically videotape this. And I'm just, all I want to do is get my $50,000. And go home to my family. My guy, Dan Orlovsky, said this, and I thought it was a great point. Everyone is saying, what does it matter if you steal signals, you have a radio? And he said something that I've heard countless times. You know where the radio cuts off a lot Mm -hmm. and stops working for no reason? Guess what you have to do? New England. Yeah. And so you know what you got to do there a lot? Absolutely. Signals. Absolutely. And I thought that was fascinating because I have heard that from a lot of former players and former coaches that all of a sudden your radio goes down. And And just so it happens is third down in the fourth quarter. Critical situation. Now my radios don't work. And guess what I got to go back to? Those same signals that I used three years ago when I was a rookie head coach in Cincinnati. You know what also, though, too? It's so so wrong. The other thing that I'm hearing a lot about Belichick is I don't think Bill is that stupid to do this again. I don't think that he would be this dumb to violate this so easily after he's already been punished. But you know what's funny is Bill's not dumb. No. But Bill thinks you're dumb. Yes. And that's why he can do it. Yes. We, people, admit their fault when they're afraid of getting caught. Mm-hmm. Bill's not afraid of getting caught because he thinks you're dumb. Yeah. And that's why it's so funny. It's like people are like, oh, Bill's not that dumb. No, you need to understand. He thinks the rest of the NFL is idiots. Yeah. And usually he's right. I want to know the name of the Bengal security guard that stopped him and talked to the Patriots employees like that. And I believe that the since the city of Cincinnati, who has been made fun of for oh. years, incidentally, mm-hmm. because of the Patriots, with the phrase, we're on to Cincinnati, which really means, oh, anytime the Patriots suck, we'll turn it around in Cincinnati. Right. They should give them the key to the city. The key? I believe that the mayor should take a key and put it on a pile of Skyline Chili, because yeah. it's the only way to do it it's in Cincinnati, it. and present it to that Cincinnati security guard and say, we're on to New England. And they should present it to him, and he should be allowed to do whatever he wants. I'm going to tell you right now, he should certainly get a raise. And yes. if he's not the mayor of Cincinnati in the next couple of years, I would be the least thinking about running for office. You're right, because you know what he can say? Hey! People of Cincinnati, 
I, even against the darkest of empires Absolutely. with the cruelest of intentions, can protect you. I'm your Paul Elect Revere. Me. That's what I am. I'm your Paul Revere. The Patriots are coming. Yeah. To that Olympia. one night, I stayed up late and saw them coming. Whoever you are, you are the real Patriot. You are the real Patriot. Mr. Cincinnati Security Guard. Also, shout out to Jay Glazer. Always being the guy to get footage. I don't know how he got that. Because that should have been. That seems like that's something that's kept under lock and key. He must know some people at the NFL. Bill Belichick doesn't let out. Roger Goodell. But if you're the NFL, you don't want any parts of this. So now, of course, I'll the tape gets out a little bit. I just take the tape. Right, we're just skipping around. I'm just looking at my notes. Um, <laughs> seeing Urban Meyer at Washington. Ooh. It looked like an official visit. Mm-hmm. Sitting there in the owner's box, mm-hmm. he's got Alex Smith to his left. He's got his dink. former. He's got he's got an Ohio Two State quarterback. I don't think he was the coach at the time, though, was he? With Dwayne Haskins, he no. probably crossed yeah, over. Probably crossed. Paths. Terry McLaurin yeah. Yeah. probably crossed yeah. over. Um, well, McLaurin said that that was his coach. So I mean, do you, as an Eagles fan, does it scare you at all that Urban Meyer could go to Washington, or do you look at the litany of former college coaches and go, "Oh, I'm not that worried"? Well, I, I think that, um, and do you think that Urban Meyer could align with adults? Well, I think that Urban Meyer is a fine college coach. He can get young men to believe in his system, get get in, and fear them into believing in it. Recruit like and a recruit monster. Recruit like a monster. Get the best and pay the best players in the world to come play for him at the University of Florida, at yeah. Utah, and at Ohio State. You can pay them as much as you want there. And the NFL is a little bit different. And I think when you have to deal with certain owners, it's just hard. I think Jerry Jones is hard to deal with if, if I'm the coach. I think Daniel Snyder as a coach is hard to deal with. Yes. And there's going to be a lot of openings. I would imagine that Atlanta is going to open. I would imagine that Dallas is going to open. We'll see what happens with yeah. Cleveland. Um, I would, would, would there be a draw Detroit, for you? But with if Washington, you have the former players there, though. So my thing is, if if the if Bruce Allen's let go too, he should be. He's been at ten years. And you're losses. able to come in with your own GM. Now we're getting a little bit of San Francisco, which is Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch came in together. And that's when you can really get that partnership. Otherwise, you're like the Jets, yep. where Adam Gase is already there. And then you have to bring in a GM. Mm-hmm. And so two separate minds. I would never want to work for Dan Snyder. Of course not. Now, because the thing is, is if you start winning under Daniel Snyder, He's going to love you, but eventually he's not going to love that you're getting more love than him. Self-sabotage is what Dan Snyder I, I believe that. Now, with Urban Meyer, also, how quickly will he burn out? Because it's something quickly. that's happened that's multiple what he does. times. One of, one of my old and, coaches and, and coach for them. I know that you scout and you recruit as a college mm-hmm. football coach, but your, your level of exhaustion at the NFL NFL coaches work a lot harder than college football coaches. You think so? I do. Am I wrong? You would know more than I would. I kind of feel like college coaches are working all the time. Because they're traveling and you're recruiting. You're traveling, you're recruiting. I mean, as soon as the season's over, you're you're flying to Florida and Ohio and Pennsylvania and the true. West Coast. And you're talking to a thousand different kids. You're going to these camps to see these kids when they're in the eighth grade. And I feel like you're working all the time. I kind of feel that in the NFL. And you get more time with your team during yeah, the NFL. You kind of get some time off a little bit. I, I kind of, especially with the new CBA rules, that you got to give the players a certain time off. In college, Dad, uh, we got, we got uh, drills at 6 a.m. So I, I kind of feel... As a coach, you probably 
work a little bit more in college in my mind? Okay. I, I, that's a good question. I'll find out about that. But I think the burnout factor is important. I think working with Daniel Snyder and the burnout factor oh. is, is, is a reality there. I think having two players in key positions, receiver and quarterback, that I believe cross paths with you um, as a coach at Ohio State, I think that's kind of important. I also believe that in the NFL, you got to bring in coaches that guys respect and have seen success in the NFL with. Mm. And it's difficult sometimes – to have and, and they don't have they don't have a bunch of pedigree guys on the Redskins right now. They they just don't. They just got a bunch of guys that are kind of here and there. Yeah. So, so they only got a bunch of pedigree got pedigree guys. So that that may help him just a bit. But I, I do believe that guys in the NFL respect you a little bit more because he's going to come in as a tough, hard nosed coach. If you've been in the NFL before, if you've been on a coaching staff that has won, if you've been a winner, Ron Rivera comes to mind because. That history in the NFL makes that seven-year vet like, oh, you know, I remember when he was with uh, uh, Carolina, and we played against that defense, and they were nasty. And I respect that coach. Yes. Sometimes when you come in as a hard-ass, as a college coach, coming into the NFL locker room, people are like Chip Kelly. Um, what? I- I'll try it. And when they do yeah. it for a, a couple weeks and it doesn't work, then they're like, man, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. That's, that's why their college was, That's stuff. why I was never worried about Kyle Shanahan. Because so many guys around the league were like, yo, those Falcons receivers pop off. He's those been around. Ones. Yeah. That's right. Uh, I mean, did you see the end of the Niners-Falcons uh, game? Unbelievable. I did. I the did. fact that that, that uh, division is going to come down to Seahawks-Niners in Week 17 mm-hmm. is amazing. It's even more amazing that people aren't, like, people aren't really paying attention. The conference, really. To the fact that the Seahawks are the number one seed right now in the NFC. Absolutely. We've spent all year talking about the Niners, the Saints, and the Packers, Mm -hmm. and now the Seahawks are in the number one seed. And I heard Deion Sanders say on NFL Network last night that it's not that big of a home field advantage in Seattle. And to that, I think you are crazy. Why why did Seattle is undefeated in the playoffs at home? And I've said that, I've said from the beginning, Whoever gets the number one seed in the NFC, I believe, is going all the way because I think it's too hard to win the Superdome. I think it's too hard to win in Seattle. And I think if San Francisco's at home, that the other teams are not as good on the road. But the fact that Seattle has already beaten San Francisco Mm -hmm. in San Francisco Mm -hmm. and Week 17 is in Seattle, if the NFC playoffs go through Seattle— Just tough to win there. I think Russell Wilson's taking them all the way. Seattle's a loud stadium. Their defense gets off the ball and on a whole different magical. level. And they are magical. Look, I have I have always said to you that even though the Patriots are not as talented this year, if it has to go through Foxborough, there's magic. Mm-hmm. If it's got to go through Seattle, yeah. it's magic. Tough to win there. Tough to win there. I, I, maybe this is what Dion was saying, and I don't know this to be true because Dion says a lot of things. Maybe he's saying that Seattle is just as good at home as they are on the road. I don't think that he respected, and I and I don't either, this Seattle defense at all. Especially Bobby Wagner got hurt yesterday. Yeah. Quandre Diggs got hurt. How long is he out for? Did, did they say? We don't we know, know yet. yet. We're waiting. But this Seattle defense can be scored on. But I'm just letting you know that Tyler Lockett was back yesterday. Mm-hmm. Josh Gordon was catching bombs yesterday. Long DK Metcalf is going to be a good player. Russell Wilson is a top five player in the sport. He'll keep you in all these games, and it's I think it's only possible if they're at home. Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball uh, that I've seen. But, and, and here, you're trying to tell me that other people come for it. I'm telling you, ain't nobody touch Russ. I'm trying to tell you this. He throws the best deep ball that I've ever seen, and there's two things Him about and the deep ball. Him and Warren Moon throw like the best Warren deep, deep ball. Yeah, yeah. But the catchability, 
where he places the ball, the uh, placement, and how easy the ball drops into your hands. It's just like a pillow, just drops into that. And it's some, most of these passes, I'm like, oh, that's definitely out of bounds. He's throwing lollipops out there. These are the best balls I've seen. They're gorgeous. Um, they're, they're, they're nice. They're nice balls. Um, uh, one last thing to touch. That was weird. Uh, pause. Um, the, <laughs> the, one, the one last uh, thing I want to talk about is the finale which was the saying goodbye of Oakland to the Oakland Coliseum and what we have affectionately known it as the black hole. Mm. And what I saw yesterday was one of the saddest things that I have seen really in a long time. Oakland coming off of a three game losing streak is taking on Jacksonville who in my mind for the last month has been the worst team in the sport. They had lost five in a row. They had lost by 35 to the Chargers, 17 to the Bucks, 22 to the Titans, 20 to the Colts, and 23 to the Texans. They are up 16 to 3. Yep. Something like 105 and 5, the Raiders are at that stadium, mm-hmm. heading into the fourth quarter with a 10 point lead. I'm watching Jacksonville come back, and I'll tell you what, man, Gardner Minshew finds a way to get a comeback late in every, all these games. Derek Carr, with about two minutes and five seconds left, runs for a first down, slides, gets up, fist pumps to the Coliseum, throws up an O for Oakland. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just the Raiders, it's the Oakland Raiders. And they say that he went out of bounds. And because they said he went out of bounds, and then they subsequently went three and out, it gave the ja- and they missed a field goal. It gave the Jaguars enough time to go down and score a touchdown and win this game. And then they're booing. I think it was a small part as a Philadelphia fan. I never judge a whole fan base based off of a few people. Mm-hmm. I also think that they're booing circumstance and the fact that they're leaving more than they're booing Derek Carr walking off the field. The fact that Oakland is losing the Warriors and the Raiders this year. Yeah. The, the Warriors are no longer in Oakland. That's right. And now the Raiders are going to Las Vegas. That was the worst going out I have ever seen in my entire life. And I want to apologize to the city of Oakland because being a fan is not about bragging rights. In my opinion, being a fan is about tradition. That if the Eagles left Philadelphia, my, my family would not just be upset because the team that we love is no longer there. My family's one of their favorite thing is going Sunday morning to the, to the stadium parking lot, seeing all those people, parking in the same spot, eating the same food, telling the same stories, saying hello and goodbye. It's a community. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tradition. And so next year, people in Oakland are going to wake up and they're going to go, do we watch this? Do we watch Fox? Do we watch CBS? Like, it changes your life. You know, my good friend Tiffany is in the other room right now, huge LSU fan. Like, it's part of who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I felt so bad that there was this great moment where it felt like Derek Carr was looking at the fans and going, black hole, we're sending you out the right way. And to lose to a team that had been the worst team in the NFL for the last five weeks the way they did, I feel so bad. And I just, I don't know what else to say. I just wanted to share with them that, like, I'm, I'm here for you bros and ladies because 
shit, man, sometimes sports sucks. Like, sometimes it's great, and sometimes you're like, I don't need this shit right now. Uh, it sucks that they've had a fan base there for however many years. They've had one winning season in the last 18 years. That sucks. And they're there every week. This ain't the Chargers. The Chargers stadium was all Minnesota. It's all Raiders fans. So when I played for Philly, we went out to Oakland and played. And you, you, this is our first time. So you hear about the black hole. You hear about it. And, yeah, this, and, and I'm, so as a player, you're like, listen, the fans aren't on the field. How much of a difference could it really make? Any stadium you go to, they're going to boo the opposing team. For some reason, I don't know if we were – if I scored a touchdown, but we were driving towards the black hole where all these have you seen, have you seen the people and face paint? These people are absolutely nuts. They look like they came from they're nuts. Greatest fans in the world, absolutely nuts. So now, as a running back, I'm that the, does impact you when you see people. Like yes. That. So I'm in the back. So we break the huddle. I'm in the back of the the lineup, standing next. You know, Donovan's in the shotgun, and I'm standing. I'm looking through the defense at the people in the black hole, and I'm like, what in the hell? It's going on. Like, you never, you didn't get a clear view of it during pregame. And now I'm looking at it like, those are people straight from Game of Thrones down there yelling and screaming. They got axes and swords and, and, and all different types of stuff. It was amazing the culture that they built there for opposing teams to have to face, to face every time you went there. That's a culture that many of those older Oakland teams have have been built on Howie Long, I'm thinking of. Yeah. You know, some of those older teams, Marcus Allen, those guys. And it it always sucks to lose a team that you've supported, to lose anything that you supported for so long. And it's going to Vegas. And a lot of that is going to be very transient. Now, Vegas did adopt the Golden Knights, okay? Yes, but they won, too. But the so. thing is, is this football stadium is going to be full of suites, it's going to be a lot of casinos. Oh, you're a high roller. Here's to the Raiders. Right. Will they still get that kind of energy? I doubt it. They can't. You can't replace that. I will also say this. The fact that I've heard people talking about Al would have never done this, mm. but his son would. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you this question. Okay. Do Mark Davis and Kim Jong-un shop at the same store? <laughs> Why do I feel I'm not saying that he is a tyrant or he is awful or he has done anything kind of feeling that the leader of North Korea has done. I'm just saying that I feel like Mark Davis and Kim Jong-un look like kindred spirits that if I put up their outfits and their haircuts next to them, they both like bowl cuts. They both wear jumpsuits. They both wear a lot of sunglasses and their dad set them up for what they're doing. I'm just saying they, they dress alike. Yes. They may. It looks like if they were play dates mm -hmm. when they were two or three together, it makes sense. The hair is the kind of like, Hey, and everyone goes, I liked your father more. You're a, little, you're a little bit crazier yeah, than your dad. Of course. Dad. I love your dad. That probably sucks for him. Probably probably stays up at the, night thinking the about The quality that. control note on what I just said. I'm very fascinated. Yes. I think that um, he can change his hair at any time. And he just chooses not to, which is – and he has to know. Everybody tells him, do something different. Just try try a different look. All right. We got to get out of here. Um I, I'm not feeling confident yet. We'll check in uh, in a few days. Where's your meter? Where are you Eagles at on the meters? Go. Give it For to me. Eagles, Cowboys, yes. I'm at like a 3.2. Three? What? Just in terms of this one game. 
Out so of, I know you, though. I know you. You like to start low. Monday, you like to start low well, right and now, ramp it up. What I, I, I need to see Jordan Howard's health. Apparently, he's coming back. Why? I need, to see, playing out I need to see Lane Johnson. I want to know. If I know Lane, Lane's going to play. I just. Tough, nasty football player. I have Lane's no confidence playing. in our defense. Mark that down. Lane Johnson playing this week. Guaranteed. Wow. No doubt about it. Where That's the type of dude. Where are you at a 10? Um. I'm not very high. I'm higher than you. I'm at like a right now. Again, early on in the week, I'm at five, because I see a lot of holes on our team that the Dallas Cowboys seem to be set up to attack. That concerns me. Eagles, big Cowboys, concern. division on the line. First day of Hanukkah. Ooh, that's right. First day. How does that affect you? Does that mean anything to you? Just means I'm probably going to get a shitty gift from my parents. Well, you get gifts. I, I'm, I don't understand the cultural thing. I just, we like to do gifts because it's like you give gifts to your family on Christmas. Yes. Yeah, I same do. thing. I don't want to do that either, but I know. My wife loves it. All right, let's play that music. Uh, 33%, you guys are the shit. If you've been watching on Facebook, we appreciate it. Every episode since last Super Bowl is slowly being put up on the Facebook page for BR Gridiron. If you guys want to start getting in the comments section, I'll jump in there. It's a, it's a transition for me, too. For Brian Westbrook. The Rocket Man. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E man. And I really don't feel confident yet. You should feel confident. Fuck. Get it All together. Right. See you guys later.